0: Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Very sweet. It's nice to have you here today. Uh, for those of you that don't remember me, my name is Pastor Ron. People are, people are funny. They're all curious. What are you doing now? I told you I ran off and joined the circus, all right? And so I couldn't be prouder of everything that's going on here at Cornerstone. Pastor Andy and Shannon is just doing a fantastic job. The rest of the staff get rallying around behind them. They, they just do... They do a fantastic job here at the church, and so I, I don't worry about it at all. Uh, Debbie and I, we've traveled, I think since I last saw you, I think I've been to Alaska, and I've been, I know I've been to Virginia, and I work on different projects uh, in different states, and, and so I, I enjoy that. I still have my list of stuff that I, I do here at the church, and so I'm on campus Uh, a little bit most weeks, uh, some of the stuff I do online, but, you know, I'm enjoying it. People ask, you know, Pastor Ron, do you you miss not preaching every week? Like a toothache. (laughs) Someone said, well, Pastor Ron, how often are you going to be speaking? I'm scheduled about probably every five or six weeks, and someone said, well, you know, is that all Pastor Andy invites you to do? Friends, you need to know I make the schedule it wasn't for Pastor Andy, it'd be once every 10 or 20 weeks, okay? And so thank you for being here. We appreciate you coming to celebrate Mother's Day with us. If we could have all of the ladies, not just moms, but all of the ladies of Cornerstone stand, if you would go ahead and stand. We want to give you a big hand of appreciation, let you know we love you. Thank you. maybe may be seated. Several of you are our moms. Some of you will be moms in the future. Some of you uh, never had children, but you still have the heart of a mom, and so we just want you to know we're so glad that you are part of Cornerstone. You do wonderful things in our congregation and in our community, and you make our families special. I just want you to know that, that we are awfully grateful for you. All right, let's go ahead and talk about moms a little bit today the, because moms are, are by nature trainers. In fact, our title today, go ahead and get your sermon notes open. The, I would ask you to, to kind of follow along in the notes because I'll give you some things that I think it'll be helpful to you kind of as you're going through your week, different things to to remember as you're making decisions with your kids. First of all, moms are trainers. You are on the training team. Our scripture today is from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 12. And Paul was like you. He was a trainer. He was a trainer of pastors. He was a trainer of churches. And so he said this, He said, you've got to learn to live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. In other words, if they have a lot or they have a little, be their friend. Don't be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Now, this is not a cultural principle. This is a Christian principle. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge. I'm the one who will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Our culture has completely abandoned that principle. But as Christ's followers, we will not. If our enemy is hungry, we will feed him. If he is thirsty, we will give him something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals on his head. In other words, eventually, he'll realize what he's doing is wrong. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'll skip that next scripture that's in your notes, and let's talk about moms for a minute. Mother's Day resonates with us because we recognize a tough job when we see it. How many of you have ever seen that show, Dirty Jobs? Raise your hand if you've ever seen that before. I mean, it's just hilarious. I mean, this guy, he is just... I mean, he's just amazing. He'll go and be cleaning out sewers. He'll be at you know a, a meat packing plant. He'll be—I mean, it's just all kinds of crazy stuff. When I was a kid, the, when I was a teenager, actually in high school, I started an insulation company, and so I would go around, and after school, I would insulate houses. And I would just crawl up in the the attic with the, that long hose and and would spray insulation. And and so if it was 80 out, 80 degrees outside, a lot of times it'd be 115, 120 in the attic, and if it was uh, here in Southern California during the summers, 90 or 100, it could be 120, 130 in that attic. And so, I mean, it was just a dirty job. It was a tough job, but I was making good money doing it. So, man, I, I was always looking for the next job. Friends, we looking at moms, it resonates with us because we see a tough job. It's not easy to be a mom. In fact, look at number one in your notes. Moms all wonder the same thing they wonder, is this ever going to get easier? Okay. And the truth of the matter is, hard and easy, it kind of ebbs and flows. And so you can kind of chart it out, you know, between zero not having children, five-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old, 20-year-old, 25-year-old, 30-year-old, 35-year-old. Some of you men are saying, oh, dear Lord, please stop. Stop. You're saying, oh, Ron, they're going to be out of my house. You know, ba-. You, you need to know, I, I love your optimism. <laughs> you don't have any idea what you're talking about, but I love your optimism. It just, it warms my heart. And, and so, you know, the, the kids, and you know, when you're parenting, sometimes things are tough. Sometimes things are very tough. Sometimes you go and hide in <laughs> the closet. And you know, it's funny, people get married and after about the first 20 minutes of marriage, they realize that marriage is hard. My youngest son, he got married, oh, it's been about a year or so, and you know, they're always saying, you know, this marriage thing is hard. And I say, don't worry, honey, or don't worry, son, it, it's the first 35 years that are the hardest, all right? And so, you know, after that, it's just, it gets easy. Devin I've been married for 38 years and it's just, it's just not as hard as it was before. So you make it through the first 35, you're home free. But you know you have those children, and, and you know you you have little ones, and and man, it's it's just it's just hard, and the reason it's so hard is you're tired, you're just tired all the time. A young mom, fatigue is her enemy. I mean, getting up in the middle of the night, you know, getting up. I mean, it's just everything involved with being a young mom take care of it's just it, it's tiring and so young moms you see them and and no matter how much makeup they've got i mean they've got these dark circles it's just they're tired you know, they have sleep deprivation literally and so you know it, it's just tough and and then they they kind of they get into those elementary years and and you, you need know, those are just those are just precious times i mean elementary age kids are they're, they're easier the happiest day of my life was when my kids could both get in the car and buckle themselves into a, a, that I don't know what they call that car seat thing. I mean, up to that, I was in there. I, all, little. I mean, I am wrestling those things. You know, they are just squirming all around. i <laughs> just tying them down. You know, tie their little hands and then buckle them in then let them loose. I mean, it, it's just when they could get in the car and strap in. I mean, it was just it was just a good day. All right. And you know, a lot of times I'll go to lunch with Pastor Andy and his kids are in the, the elementary age and they're having a lot of fun. He and Shannon are very creative parents. They work hard, coming up with ideas to, uh, to spend time with their kids. And, and you know, every once in a while, he'll say something to me and you know, kind of like I got this parenting thing down, you know, and I'm thinking, you have three kids about to become teenagers, you are just a dead man walking and don't know. <laughs> you know, but he's, he's so happy right now, I don't have the heart to tell him, okay? <laughs> Because you, you get to this point, and man, things get really tough. You know, and then they, they reach young adulthood, and, and you kind of get… But you need to know, it's, it's never going back here. <laughs> because moms are never done. Sometimes people think they are. I mean, no, moms are never done. When will you not care about the ups and downs of their life? When will you not care when they're struggling in their finances or their marriage or their parenting? When will it not affect you? When will you not go to bed with a heavy heart because your adult son or daughter is going through a tough time? When does that day come? And every parent in the room knows, Pastor Ron, that day never comes. I I know the difficulty does ebb and flow. And even out here, it does ebb and flow as well, but you never reach the point of being done. That's just not, not the way life works. It's not the way parenting works. And so moms realize it. Now, for those of you who are single moms, you need to know that, that we admire you because for a single mom, the line looks different. Single mom, it's just, <laughs> it's just hard. And so, as a church, Pastor Andy was talking to me the other day, and, and he, he thought about that camp out that he had, and he said, You know, next year I'll do that a little bit differently. Next year we'll make sure that single moms with their kids are invited. And I appreciated that about him. I appreciated his sensitivity to people that, no, 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 that life is, is tough and life is difficult, and, and as a church we ought to be gathering around them. And he was talking to some of the other men leaders, and he said, he told them, and they said, well, you know, they, they mentioned a couple of things. He said, no, we will just rally around them. We will help. We will make them apart. Friends, I, I appreciate that our congregation knows. Some of you were single moms. I want you to know that we're just proud of you. We're proud that you stuck doing those difficult things that you were just faithful to it. But for moms, this is this is never really done no matter what your family situation looks like. It does ebb and flow, but being a mom isn't an easy thing. That's why when Mother's Day comes around, everybody celebrates moms because we know that it's been one of those tough, dirty jobs, and and they deserve the honor that we give them. Moms regularly face this this conundrum. A conundrum is a confusing problem. Trying to balance, making their kids happy and training them to be healthy. Because happy and healthy aren't always the same thing. How many of you how many of you moms are are kind of, kind of just really vigilant on what your kids eat? You got how many of you are kind of that way? It, it, with the third one, you get over it. It's okay. Uh, <clears throat> my wife was, was always that way. In fact, she's that way with me. And so I go to the store a lot, all right, because she won't buy things that are bad for me, so I, I go myself. I say, Pastor Ron, wouldn't it be better if you didn't eat stuff that was bad for you? Friends, I am 60 years old. I will eat whatever I want, all right? And so just because I can't get her to buy it doesn't mean I'm not going to. But you know, moms, you know, they, they, they want their kids to, to be healthy as well as happy. And, and that balance is tough, you know, because they, they want to eat all this this junk food. In fact, my mom, my mom's 85 years old, and every once in a while, she'll have Debbie go shopping for her. And my wife is is wonderful to my mom, and she'll go shopping for her, and my mom will give her a list, you know, Dr. Pepper, Twinkies, Hostess cupcakes. I mean, this list. Debbie comes home, and and she's she's telling me all about it, and she's... oh God, I need to move on. (laughs) She said to me, you know, I I can't believe that she's eating this. And I said, honey, she's 85. Do you think she's afraid it'll kill her or something? You know, (laughs) my mom is just enjoying eating all that junk food. But moms are always struggling with that balance for their kids, healthy or happy. Moms want them to be happy. They yearn for it. They yearn to see them having fun. In fact, it kind of kind of looks like this. You know, they want him to be happy, and so they want to see him smile. If you want to make your mom cry, just go up and really give her a hug. I mean, just really hug her. Not that side hug or, you know, kind of like this. And teenage boys are the worst. It's like hugging a board, okay? I mean, it's just, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's just weird. Some of you teenage boys, you need to get over it, okay? Hug your mother and just, if nothing else, to see if you can make her cry, Okay. Because mom, you know, you'll hug her and and really hug her and hang on to her. You know, just a start. It's just, that's just what women do. And so she wants it. She yearns for you to smile. She yearns for that hug. She yearns for you to have fun. But she doesn't just want you to be happy. She wants you to be healthy too. And that's oftentimes different. What does a mom know intuitively? She knows that You need to take personal responsibility for your life. There's always going to be unfairness. You need to know that. There will always be unfairness. There will be unfairness in how genders are treated. There will be unfairness of races. There will be unfairness of age. You know, a lot of people are concerned about ageism. That's a real thing. But I also know that in our culture, I'm like a king. Cops never pull me over. Say, Pastor Ron, maybe... No, no, I drive like a bat out of you-know-where, but they never pull me over. Why would you pull over a 60-year-old guy who looks like me? I walk into a store, nobody gets nervous. Oftentimes I wear a fedora. When was the last time a fedora robbed anybody? Okay, 1935? 1940? I, I mean, you know, if I was to walk into Starbucks... If I was to walk into Starbucks when we got here and I walked up to the counter and, and, and walked around behind the counter and said, I'd like to see how you're storing your food, that teenager would look at me and say, yes, sir, it's right back here. <laughs> you walk behind the counter, they're calling the cops right then. There's always going to be unfairness in our culture. There's always, that, is, that is a fact of life. But moms know. The personal responsibility says we cannot allow unfairness to be an obstacle in our future. And so they teach them, yes, life will be unfair from time to time, and you can overcome it. Victimhood is a trap that we get stuck in. The next thing is mom wants you to learn to be self-disciplined. This is the antidote to self-inflicted failure. The ability to force yourself to do the difficult, unpleasant things in life is critical. In fact, all of the research shows that self-disciplined children do better in school than highly intelligent children. And oftentimes we'll see someone who has, you know, they they just have high intelligence and we look at that and we wish, man, things come so easy. And and truthfully, book learning, the academics always came really easy to me. It, It just did. It's not something that oftentimes a lot of us you know, work at. It's just a, a talent that you have. Like people sometimes have musical talent, and even though they have to work to develop their talent, there are people who have musical talent and people like me that don't, all right? And so the, we, we recognize that difference, but self-discipline is something we can all develop, and great moms intuitively know they have to be able to push themselves to do those difficult things in life. And the next thing that they really want is they want them to become independent adults. They want them to eventually be able to take care of their own family. They want them to continue to grow physically, spiritually, emotionally. These are the things that mom really wants for you. But sometimes these are intention. These are in balance. If I say yes to this, your teenage daughter wants to do something, you ask, when are you going to be home? And she said, well, you know, I don't... I won't get home until about 2 o'clock. A mom knows nothing good in the world, in the history of mankind, has ever happened good at 2 o'clock in the morning, but there is just a list of bad stuff that happens at 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's just it. But moms know that. And you know, a teenager will will frown, and mom hurts over that. A teenager will kind of be distant, and mom feels bad about that. A teenager says, you know, I'm not having any fun. A friend wouldn't teach me that, or me. Me that way. You need to know one of my boys made the mistake years ago. They were just, they were a teenager, and they said, well, a friend wouldn't do that. I looked at him and said, I am not your friend. I am your dad, okay? And moms know that. Moms know that there is a tension here, and they long for this. And they do so many things, and they make so many sacrifices to make this happen whenever they can. But we honor them because they do this. They don't let us do whatever we want. They don't just say, no, 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 you, you don't have to. You, it, it's unfair, so don't worry about it. No, 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 you don't have to do those hard things. You, you, you don't worry, I'll take care of that. You know, as our, our kids reach adult, this is just tough for moms to transition. I walked in one day and, and one of my kids, it must have been Ross, because in, in his 20s, he was upset with his mom because she had made a dental appointment at an inconvenient time. Not for her, for him. And I heard him giving her a little bit of a hard time, and I said, honey, what was that about? She said, well, I scheduled this appointment, and he has this schedule." And I said, what are you doing scheduling his dental appointments? He said, well, he's got, I think he has a cavity. And I said, well, when it hurts bad enough, he'll call. For moms, that's just really difficult, because they long for this, even though they know this. But making that transition. We honor moms because they work hard at doing it, even though it's hard for them. Mom, great moms know that if you teach healthy, happy is more likely to follow. If you teach just happy, healthy won't. But if you teach healthy, you find in the end you will get both or more than you would have before. Moms and dads are child's most valuable teachers. You are in that special place of privilege that God has placed you. We often look at at school and say, well, the schools ought to be teaching this. Friends, I never lost sight of the fact that the two boys God placed in my home were my responsibility, not the teachers, okay? They, they just were. But I appreciated the support of the teachers. I appreciated the support of all they did in both public and private Christian schools. I appreciated their dedication. They are people who must love kids because they get paid badly a lot of times. And so, you know, I, I, I was grateful for it but I also knew that they were not the ones with the primary responsibility. I was that one because I knew I am to be their primary teacher in life. And mom, great moms, they step into that role and they know they are on the teaching team. They are there not to just bring smiles and giggles every day. They are to teach and raise healthy adults. Let me give you just a few ideas that have been rolling around in, in my head the last few weeks. as Pastor Andy has been teaching you on the subject of boundaries. There have been a few lessons. In fact, for those of you who really want to study more on this, there's a a book specifically called Boundaries for Parents. If you are a parent of a teenager, I'd really recommend it to you. Parenting a teenager can be so very hard and so very discouraging. But this book, I, I was thumbing through it the other day. I've had it for years, and a few lessons stood out to me. Here's one of the most important lessons you can help kids with. Understand the law of sowing and reaping. In other words, you have to connect the dots for them. What they reap is based on what they are going to sow. In other words, the seeds that you plant determines the harvest that you're going to get. If I act this way, this is what's likely to happen. If I do this, this is the likely consequence. Or I'm suffering this consequence, what did, oh yeah, I sowed the seeds of that. Helping them connect those dots. And you know, you're not gonna get a lot of a lot of help from our culture. Our culture really right now is based on the idea of victimhood. It really, really is. And all of us are being bombarded with that all of the time to where it would be easy for all of us to divorce this idea between what I do and what I reap. And there are, like I said, there'll always be unfair things, but a person of personal responsibility is able to connect these dots. A second lesson, pull your own wagon. Now, my kids, when they were little, they had, they, they had this bright orange wagon. And you know, we would, man, we had that wagon for a couple decades. After the kids quit using it, every time I had to move something heavy, I'd get it up on that wagon and I'd pull it. I didn't want to have to carry it the whole way. And so I don't know where that wagon went, but I wish I had it back. And so, but the kids, they would get in that wagon and they were always saying the same thing, dad, pull me, pull me. And so I would pull them around but then I'd stop and say, get out of the wagon. And I'd lay down on the wagon and say, it's your turn. Pull me. <laughs> Have you ever been to Disneyland and seen a woman walking around with six coats? <laughs> what, you think she's just very cold or something? No, she's carrying everybody else's coat. And, you know, my boys, they did the same thing. I mean, ladies, you just need to know that it, it's not your job to carry everybody's coat. It's really not. Some of you carry a purse that that you just, you don't actually carry it, you just kind of drag it. <laughs> because you've got everything in that purse anybody might ever need in their entire life. If my wife ever gets on to let's make a deal, she's going to be a millionaire. Everything is in that purse. The answers to the beginning of the universe are in that purse. I mean, everything is in there. And so, you know, you when my boys were little, they wanted mom to carry the coat. I remember walking through Disneyland one time, and Ryan, my oldest, and, you know, he said, hey, mom, carry my coat. And, and so, you know, my wife, she takes his coat, and I'm walking around, I said, hey, honey, I'll carry it for you. She handed it to me, and I threw it in the air. <laughs> Ryan looked at him, dad, what are you doing? I said, son, that's not my coat. And he said, well, Mama's carrying, I, I know, but you either carry it or tie it around you or or, or go get a locker or take it back to the car or, or you know, get someone to give. You know, go hide it somewhere. I really don't care. And that's hard for parents other than me because my kids irritated me. But the truth of the matter is, friends, <laughs> teaching them to pull their own wagon is just an incredible, incredibly important thing. You know, I had... I had young teenagers prior to everything being auto-corrected in a Word document. I remember my son, sitting up; he was sitting upstairs, but he could see over the railing. And he asked me, son, he said, Dad, how do you spell? And I I said, look up, just look up towards the heavens, son. And he thought I was going to give him a spiritual concept. And I I said, it's spelled D-I-C-T. There was a big dictionary right above his head. I said, I don't know if you know this but all the words are there. And all you have to do is reach towards heaven and the words will come to you. Great moms learn to teach their kid that you gotta pull your own wagon, son. You got, there are things you have to learn to do for yourself. They, they teach them the law of respect. They teach them that you are not the only important person. Great moms teach that their kids are important, but they don't teach them they're the only important ones. And so you hear moms doing this all the time, don't you? Say, wait a minute, honey, that's not yours. Give that back. Or, honey, you have plenty there, share. Or, no, you need to to be great. In other words, they are constantly reinforcing the idea that you're important to me, but you are not the only one important to me. And you should not be the only one important to you as well. Learning the law of respect. How about this lesson? Passivity will bring disappointment and pain helping your children learn to make decisions in teenage years and young adulthood is an incredibly important gift you can give them i was sitting at at lunch with my my youngest son and his wife they've been married about a year or so and and we're at lunch and my youngest son you know we had an appointment we needed to be somewhere but we'd gone into a restaurant and i don't know if he got tied up on a phone call or went to the bathroom or what. but the waitress came over and and she asked you know are you guys ready to order and we had been sitting there for a few minutes and he hadn't come back And his wife, so sweetly, she said, oh, we can't order yet, he's not back yet. And I I said, no problem. He'll have a cheeseburger plain, don't bring a vegetable anywhere near it, and he'll have French fries and a Coke. And his wife looked at me and her eyes got big. And I said to her, honey, if you don't order soon, you're getting pasta, okay? And so (laughs) we have to help one another learn that decision-making is an important skill okay? The, when you go to a restaurant, they're going to ask you what you want to drink. You should know. The, you, we'd been to that restaurant a hundred times. He'd gotten that same hamburger, same order. If a vegetable ever landed on his plate, it would kill him. And so, you know, I knew what he, he was going to eat. She'd been married to him for years. She knew what he was going to eat. And sure enough, he sat down and she turned and said, your dad ordered you and told him. So, oh, great. Okay. And so, helping people understand that passivity will bring disappointment. It it just will. The next lesson, being thankful, will cause you to be happier than being envious. Friends, have you ever noticed that moms are always telling their children, say thank you? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, you'll be in the store, someone will do something, and mom will say "Say thank you. It's not for the benefit of the recipient of thank you, is it? It's because they know that a grateful child will be happier than an ungrateful child. Debbie and I, we often go to restaurants because cooking for two people is just just a drag. And so, it takes too long to make it. It takes like Thirty seconds to eat it, and then it takes too long to clean it up. We just we just go out, all right? And you know, my wife oftentimes feels guilty about that, but I just really don't care. I'm one of those people that just doesn't care about food. The other day, she threw something out of the refrigerator because it was out of date, and I said, "Well, if I got desperate, I would have eaten that." And so, you know, it's just I just I just don't care. And so, we'll go to a restaurant. So, what do you have? I said, it "Doesn't really matter." It's, you know, I, I'm just not. I know some of you are foodies, but the rest of us laugh at you behind your back, all right? And so, you know, it's just that's the way it is. And, and so, you know, we'll, we'll eat and, and whenever, a lot of times my son and daughter, they'll go out with us and, and, and I always pay. Okay. I, it's just easier on my heart. If he was to pay one time, I might have a heart attack and die. The, we were out to breakfast the other day at somewhere really cheap. And he said, oh, here, dad, let me get that. It's not that he's said, well, he said, here, let me get that. And I said, son, I'm already 60 years old. You know, we don't, I don't want to leave your mom a widow. If you were to pay, I might have a heart attack. It's just, just let me pay. It'd be better for both of us. Okay. And so, you know, we uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, pay the bill. And Debbie will always say, thank you. Now, honey, or, or Fred, you need to know that my honey, uh, she has all of our money, okay? I mean, she's got, I mean, it's in a bank account. She, I haven't written a check, I don't know, since Carter was president. I, I mean, she just, <laughs> some of you don't even know who that is. It's all right. I won't pick on you. All right. Just because you're unlearned and ignorant. All right. But, you know, the... <laughs> And, and so, you know, she'll always thank me, but the, all the money's in, in, in the account. She's the one who writes all the checks, pays the bills, my, you know, all my patrons, everything gets deposited in the account. She, but she'll always turn, she'll say, thank you. And, you know, we've understood from the time we were married that, you know, it, it's a very simple process. What, what's mine is hers and what's hers is hers and it works, okay? And so, you know, the, she'll say, thank you. And, and you need to know that she's not thanking me. That whatever I've got belongs to her too. All right, that's just the way it is. She says, thank you, and I've always thought it was kind of odd. But she's not saying thank you for my benefit. Even in their 30s, she's still modeling for them. And so the way it always works is my wife will say thank you. Then my youngest son will say thank you. Then my daughter-in-law will say thank you. But it's not for me. It's because she knows thankful people are always happier. And now, I don't mean to imply that they still need that lesson. They are very appreciative of everything that I, I've done. I mean, they are just two very grateful young people, and I'm proud of them. But my wife is, understands she's on the teaching team. No matter how old your kids are, Mom, you are on the teaching team. Maintain the influence. From time to time, there'll be a problem in a family, and people will call me and say, you know, this happened. They did this. I don't know that I should talk to them any, uh, anymore. And, I say, no, you don't. I mean, you are going to maintain that relationship. You don't have to approve of every decision they make. You don't have to sign on to every bad idea that they have. But you maintain that relationship because God placed you in their life to be an influencer throughout their lifetime or throughout yours. We start out as parent and child. And as they get older, we reach this point of being influencer to them. That is our privilege. Bow your heads with me for just a moment. Uh, Maybe there's a mom here that things are just hard right now. You need to know that that happened at the Armstrong house too. There may be a mom here that's just feeling like, Pastor Ron, I can't do this. I know we felt the same way. Some of you are going to bed crying every night. There were times that Debbie and I did too. But God is faithful. And when we don't have enough strength, He does. And when we just feel like we can't, we just can't go on, He helps us. There are single moms in our congregation that that some of you, especially those of you teenage boys, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, don't give up. I know it's tough, don't give up. God has placed you there and he can strengthen you. Those of you who have young adult children and, and your heart hurts over the direction they've taken, don't give up. God is not done. Keep praying, keep hoping, keep knowing that what the Bible says is true. While there is life, there is hope. Lord Jesus, I pray you would see every mom in our congregation and Lord, every woman in our congregation that maybe she didn't have children, but she has the heart of a mom. She sees people around her and she ministers to them. She helps them. She serves them. She influences them. She helps teach them. Lord, I pray we would understand that being a mom is more than just having children. It's an attitude of the heart. And God, we are grateful that you have blessed this congregation with so many moms that not only love you, but love us, sacrifice for us, and help us grow into the people that you've called us to be. Lord, we appreciate their influence and we pray your blessing upon them. In your name we ask it, amen. Would you stand with me? I love you an awful lot. It's my privilege to come and speak to you. God bless you.